you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or follow us on any of our social media accounts on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Live on Four Legs Podcast and on Twitter at Live on Four Legs Pod. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience featuring Mr. Stone Gossett. Hey everybody now, welcome to Live on Four Legs, the definitive live Pearl Jam podcast, and let's continue on with Wrigley Month, I say. We are in the fourth week, and we are kind of winding down a little bit here. We just finished up 2016, and this week is starting up 2018, which means next week we're going to have to say goodbye to the Wrigley shows, but this has been fun, and uh, tonight we are going to get to our next guests uh we've had a lot of guests on and our next guest is is going to be uh is going to be a good listen so uh randy sobel here john Ferrar over there and uh john why don't you why don't you introduce our our next guest yeah so you might you're going to be familiar with his voice probably it's it's the rob from pearl jam radio on sirius xm rob bleatstein is going to join us he uh He's been doing that since 2010. He's been on Sirius XM introducing the shows. Right from the start, yeah. You know, you might have heard him talking to people after the shows. He talks about that a little bit. And then we've also got uh, Bob Krause, who I guess they knew each other. But Bob Krause, he actually lives uh, right by Wrigley Field. So he get kind of a unique perspective on, on what was going around these, these shows from someone who actually lived it, who was right there. Absolutely, yeah. It's, it's just, look, these shows – it's all about the atmosphere and it's all about what's going on out at, you know, outside of the shows too. And, and something really cool that we're going to talk about with Bob is, is that he housed, uh, 35 fans, uh, to, to hang out and, and just kind of, uh, party at, at, at one of his, uh, rooftops house, houses over there. So we'll get, we'll get into that and we'll get into some about the shows and some memories and things like that. So, uh, the first thing that we asked, we got him just sort of right out of the gate, just asked him what they thought, you know, maybe after the big show at Alpine Valley, what was next for them? Was this kind of on their radar? Did they ever think that they could get to Wrigley field? Uh, um, I was never, thinking in those terms or that way, I guess certainly wasn't thinking about seeing them in stadiums. Um, although I guess I had at that point, plenty of them in foreign places. Um, I didn't go to Soldier Field in 95. Bob, did you? Yeah, that was my first show. Just celebrated 25 years this past week. That's right. Yeah. Very nice. Awesome. 
Um, and after PJ twenty, I don't know what I don't know what the, I was. I was so exhausted from working that whole thing. I didn't know what to think. <laughs> I agree. And in, in retrospect, you can kind of see wow. It, you know, it was it could have been obvious, but I don't. I wasn't looking at what the next step was after that, and certainly didn't see it as being Wrigley, even myself. So do you remember when they announced that they were doing the show? It was it was really before they announced anything. It was before they announced the Lightning Bolt tour, the album. It was Jan- I think January. February of January, sure. Yeah, one of one of those months. I think it was January, if I'm not mistaken, and and uh yeah, it was it, it was right out of left field, literally. I didn't expect it at all. And as I'm a Cubs season ticket holder, I go to a lot of games, and it was the t- my two worlds just colliding right there. Look, you like you said, going to Cubs games your whole entire life. Like, what's 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 that feel? You're going to go see one of your favorite bands there. Yeah, it's uh, it, it was pretty it was pretty surreal. It was to the point where like my my goal in 2013 was to get as many people uh, that I knew and and wanted to have that experience into those shows. So I leveraged all of my season ticket holder contacts and all of our presale codes to amass maybe 30 or 35 tickets or something, and just got all my friends in. And that was before I was really plugged into like how social media I think is a big thing that enters into the conversation around pj20 between them and 2013 as well but uh before that blew up you know it was it was i was trying to pull many people as many people into it as i could before i met all the other crazies and really got to know you know other people but it was a fun night that's for sure there's a lot going on were you uh were you on the field that night or yeah, so I, I went down and queued up, and I was like number like 29 in line or something from that morning, and then uh, and got right up front and on the rail, and then uh, obviously with the storm, uh, everybody got evacuated, but <clears throat> I was very lucky that uh, I'm a bleacher season ticket holder. I sit in left field bleachers every game, and uh, all the bleacher security was doing GA security that night. So they were all of my friends. So essentially, they pulled me aside, made sure that we got a little head start back to the rail, and we got right back to our exact same position after the storm due to some help. You elitist fuck. <laughs> I was gonna say, careful! You're gonna have the dropping coming after you. Yeah, <laughs> I don't think there's a statute of limitations on that. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> well, what, what did you guys? What, what do you remember doing during the break? Like, what was the atmosphere like around you? The people around you who had been on the rail? Was it like a lot of anxiousness? A lot of like nervousness? Did you think that they weren't going to come back? that there was a lot more anxiety in 2018 than there was in 2013. In 2013, everybody kind of just was new to the GA thing and didn't really understand it and was everybody was kind of hopeful leaving that they'd come back to their same spot. Well, by the time 2018 came along, everybody was freaking out and knew that they were going to get screwed because everybody got screwed in 2013. So, no, I don't think there was a lot of uh, anxiety in 13. We just stood in the rain. We, w- we wanted to be the last ones off the field. So we stood in the rain the whole time. What uh, what position were you at, Rob? Where were you in all this? Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I remember really well because basically I was working the entire thing. So we um, we it was the, matter of fact in the history in the ten years of Pearl Jam Radio on Sirius XM, 
that's the only show where we were, were did a remote from where we were broadcasting live outside. We had a tent set up and a blazing right. heat. Mm-hmm. I was out there for hours interviewing people and doing different programming, and it was a ton of fun. And they, we weren't allowed to broadcast the show, but we we did the post thing. I put a Chicago special together to play while we were seeing the show, and then we were all set up to do a post show in the upstairs. You know, there's going to be a big after party, and we were set up to broadcast from that after party as a post show. So that went hell. But my my whole experience <laughs> with that first Wrigley was, you know, after doing the post thing, it was like. I was exhausted, I was starving, and I had like 15 minutes before they came on, like the most. So I like found a salad backstage somewhere, and then I, I'm, then I made my way into the VIP area, um, and I'm with Brent Barry when it's the NBA player when it started, and in that area, they're, they're playing release, and everybody's yakking their heads off. And now I'm, like, freaking out. I'm like, Brent, I love you, but I can't hang with these white people. Talk. <laughs> so I moved up a little bit. I pulled out a joint. I took a few hits. They started doing nothing, man, I think. And um, I was just having a great... And then my friend Brian Farias was on the rail in that VIP area, and he waved me up and had space. So all of a sudden, I'm right there, and then we got... um. Uh, did they do Hold On right then, or, or Hard to Imagine, or something? I- Off the top of my head, Release into Nothing Man in the Present Tense, then Hold On. And okay. then Low Light, maybe? Yeah, Hold On was number four, I believe. I'll, I'll, yeah, there I'll it is. Four song, Hold On. Yeah, so, so I am like, I am levitating at that moment. I'm like on the rail. Um, in a great space and with great people they're playing hold on i'm like this is unbelievable so i'm like having the time of my life and then when the when the you know when when pete came out and you know the buzzkill of all time like you gotta leave where i'm like it's not even raining we can't leave <laughs> you know it's like and then um like it also dawned on me that i was like oh my god i am like so high right now and having such a great time if I gotta go on the radio right now, I am screwed. I'm like, I'm like, I'm, ex- I'm like gone. I'm like, I, I can't go on the radio right now. And so I am like, I'm sort of hiding. I'm like, you know, freaking out, going, God, they better not call me or want me to go. Anyway, so I'm like, I hid for a while in the back. End. I think I, I'm like, I found Kelly's area. So I found someone's area and just like hid in the corner for like 20 minutes so I could get myself together. And then I went looking for the serious guys and they, they actually had left. Like they were they like, after the pregame thing that we did outside they like packed up and went and brought all that gear back to the hotel and I guess stuff like that. And then they came back. So I was like they are like, what's going on? I'm like this is bizarre. But it was really cool. Also I got to be in that um Behind center field, and the where the you know, and they have offices and stuff back in, in theirs, and that's where the whole setup was, and the weather guys were. So I'm getting to see all this stuff and hear all the, you know, when it might happen again. So just dodging in and out, in and out of there a couple of times, getting a scope on it, and uh, then seeing people. <laughs> My friend Nicole from Seattle, we had our we had our uh, our John Cusack moment, which was pretty hilarious. 
Um, won't go into details to protect the uh, famous actor. And, <laughs> and, uh, and then, yeah, then when it came back again, it was, you know, it was just a great show. It was unbelievable what happened. And then when it all ended, to look up at that scoreboard clock and see it at 2 a.m. was just fucking mind-blowing. But the yeah, real bummer, and then, but then, and we, and when everyone, we were so fried out by that, and it was like, you know, there, there was no post show. I think, well, yeah, I did a post show with, with the gas man from Seattle, and you know, I think we did that in about, you know, we spent like eight minutes on the air going, okay, we're toast, bye. <laughs> if anybody's still listening in at that point, then, I mean, it's kind of a miracle, but yeah, I remember just... Even getting the energy for the last couple songs was tough around when they were doing Life Wasted, that sort of second encore, not really. They didn't really know what they were doing. They had like seven, eight songs planned. They only played four. You know, they do like an eight-minute eight, eight long version of Black, and it's free world, and, and that's it. But that's, uh, I mean, it's hard to say what could have been because of what that massive set list looked like beforehand, but... Whew, that was a pretty good looking set list if we had gotten all that without any rain. That's for sure. Yeah, it was still fun. Something, I mean, put it this way if you were there, you're never going to forget it. Never. Never. Yeah, no, that, that night, absolutely unforgettable. Um, I'm curious, being around backstage and kind of being close to the stage, is it hard? To stay away from the set list, is it hard not to see the set list around? Like, how closely guarded yes. do, you, do they keep it usually? Well, even with the fans. I mean, some people, you know, some idiots put it on a freaking internet before the show starts. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yes, I, I have to work hard to, you know, well, not that hard. I mean, it's not like they're not blasted all over the place. But, you know, if you happen to be in some place or some vicinity around someone who's actively working and needs to see that list and uses that list um yeah you gotta yeah, i prefer not to see it although yeah the one time i did see it though like the first time i got to interview mike for the channel in buffalo when i in 2010 i'm um, sitting there with him and there's a set list and i was like all right i guess i'm seeing it and then i saw that fatal was on it i'm like oh good because i'm gonna fucking record this <laughs> <laughs> So I knew when it was coming, <laughs> but but otherwise totally. But otherwise, yeah, knowing you know takes a, takes a lot away from it for me. But um, so I think I met Bob. I met Bob in Mexico City, right? In 2015. Yeah, 15. So the next year, 16, Bob, the you know I didn't realize then when I had met him that you know he's basically the mayor of Chicago, and, and um. <laughs> So he put this thing together called Real World Wrigley that I was invited to be a lodger at. <laughs> so he can tell you all about that. Um, so, yeah, I mean, coming out of uh, 2013, you know, I, I meet more people in the community and then go to South America in 2015 and uh, meet up with with Corey and Ken and, and, uh, the three of us, they're from New York and the three of us are like, uh, we got to plan something big if they announce Chicago. So I live right here and, and, uh, had 
good local connections, and I happen to be in the event planning business myself, so I love planning events and parties, and just being a concierge for my friends is something that I really like to do. And uh, so I rented out uh, uh, essentially one of the rooftop buildings on Sheffield Avenue, right outside the the right field uh, bleacher wall, and uh, we I think we slept 35 people in there, so it was an all-inclusive wow. experience. Um, everybody threw in you know, maybe it was like at the time, like maybe 350 bucks, you get four nights and then everybody submitted, essentially submitted a month out. They had to submit their rider to me and I gave, and I purchased everybody's items that they wanted and we did room assignments. And when everybody showed up, everybody's items that were, were on their rider, no limits on what's on the rider. Uh, and if I remember correctly, uh, Rob's rider is, uh, Milano cookies, uh, <laughs> It was uh, a certain kind of tequila, if I'm not mistaken. I think, yeah, I think it was Partita. Partita, and then uh, and then a Chicago Diner gift card, uh, so we uh, could go yeah. get milkshakes. So. <laughs> Vegan milkshakes, by the way. Yes, yes. So, uh, so yeah, I set the place up, and we had a great time. On the off day, I rented like a trolley for us to do like a group photo tour of the city, and uh, just. A great time right next to the park for sound checks and pre and post shows. We brought in food post shows, and it was a good time. Yeah, and I mean the atmosphere on the outside steps. Yes, you know, basically twenty four seven. This just couldn't be beat. It was it was great. So we had fun, and we we branded it with merch, and we took the real world logo and kind of morphed it into like the with a rig. I made it look really official. Hung it up on the side of the building, and people took pictures with it, and it was it became a thing. And you know, we, we had a lot of fun with it, and and uh, it kind of spawned on the following two years later, where it blew up even more. That sounds awesome. I mean, just getting together with all. The fans and and I mean, so I mean, how crazy! Like I don't know how big those apartments are over there, but like, how crazy was it housing thirty five? Well, it, it was a challenge, uh, not necessarily for the, our group, but just the fact that, like Rob said, it became kind of an epicenter for pre and post show, where it, we would have upwards of a couple hundred people, you know, just partying. And, uh, and, and so we had to kind of put some safety rules into place and lock down some areas and, and, uh, but it was, it, it kind of brought me back to when we all did that in college, when a party would get out of control, you, it was that same energy where you try to try to slow it down and you just, you couldn't, you just had to roll. Yeah. Did all, 35, did all 35 people make it to the show? That's my question. Yes, I believe okay. so. Uh, we had, that was not the case in 2018. Okay. <laughs> Even yeah. with the delay and everything? Yes, yes, yes. I think I got yelled at for inviting a few, a few too many people. <laughs> it was hard not to, man. You, you kind of knew it was special. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was. Just, just seeing from the Let's Play 2 movie, uh, you know, even the days before when they were up uh, doing uh, the little performance on, at Murphy's, the place was loaded. The fans were all over the place, and it felt like it really was a four-day event. Were you guys around when they were uh when they were doing the thing at murphy's oh yeah we, we yeah. were we were we were living well that was we were, 2000 
16. So yeah, we were, we were six doors down. We, yes. we, we, we delayed our barbecue. We, we had a scheduled barbecue on our itinerary that they fucked up. And yeah. so then we had to pause our barbecue <laughs> to go down there and see this bullshit that well, didn't we happen. Him or hear him. Yeah. We couldn't see him or hear him. No. <laughs> you, so from the, from, so they made it seem like in the movie that all the fans down there were able to see and hear everything. That that wasn't the case at all. You couldn't see shit. <laughs> they, were sitting down. they were sitting down. Damn it, Danny Clinch. Yeah, I think there's that one moment where they they like peek over and wave, and then that gets a big reaction. But yeah, they yeah, just wanted, they just wanted the shot. Wow. Yeah. yeah, seriously, because that's that's all I remember. They played a couple songs. Oh man, I would I would have been pissed, especially that's okay. at barbecue. But, but everybody was already there, you know, so it was okay. Yeah. You know, it, right. nobody was really that mad. I think I think everybody looking back likes to say they were mad, but everybody liked to be a part of it. I, I was standing right next to next to Theo Theo Epstein from the Cubs, uh, right next, and he was a fan too, standing right next to me. He didn't he didn't know what was going to happen, so right. it, they could have very well busted out some rooftop jam. They had a lot of equipment up there, but they didn't do it. Rob, what was your uh, time like leading up to those 2016 shows? Coming off of the 2013 show, you know, you had a couple of years to work with it. What was it like uh, preparing for those and and getting ready? For me, I wasn't doing the serious. Um, we weren't broadcasting, doing a remote from it, you know, um, live. So this time I had a chance. That's why I could do the real world thing and was just, you know, doing reports after the show from there. Not, yeah, so you know, talk about that a little bit. I mean, you're, people know you. And I love listening to those little little things that you do where, you know, after the show you'll grab some people that are coming out and talk a little bit about how that got started and how you picked those people and what, what was it like for these shows. Uh, well, it all, it all, you know, it started on PearlJam.com with, you know, before the, before Sirius, you know, we started program radio on PearlJam.com on the launch of the 2010 spring tour. So that show in Kansas, I did, I did Jazz Fest, but we didn't, we didn't really get going, put the thing on the air, you know, beyond, beyond testing until like May 3rd with, with the Kansas City show. So that was like my first night of like um, doing it. Like, and, I, and, and that night I, I was sort of, I didn't know, too, I don't know hardly any people that went to that show. Or, you know, so I, but I, my, my goal was to just go up to the, you know, find the people on the rail after the end of the show who, you know, just got their heads blown off and get their reaction right as it ends. And it's good, it's, it's great because some people are, you know, ready to roll with it and others are just so blown away they can't even talk and that, and that I, I totally get that because i've been there myself and um and what i've but what i found over the years is even though i want to be right up front and get those people and get anyone i know in that area especially people from and the best thing about it is that people from all over so it's like you know, basically it's just like tell me your name where you're from and what do you think of what you just witnessed and then we get into it um, but the problem over the years is that these arenas, they cannot wait, especially up front. They just cannot wait to kick you the Shall fuck you out, out of there and, and, mm-hmm. and tear that thing down. So in some of the reports, there's like the huge clanking of the, of the boards being smashed down. And, you know, I'll have a guy come up there and go, you got to leave. I'm like, you want to be on the radio? He's like, no, you got to leave. <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's it's evolved into that, and then you know people that you know, of course people that I know or don't really want to be in it, I'm totally into. And uh, but I like I like getting the unsuspecting people, and then you know you're always you're always finding someone who's there for the first time. So that's what keeps it great. That's great. Absolutely, yeah. Now here's something that's interesting. I I don't know if you think about this a lot, Bob, but they haven't played an arena show in Chicago since those, um, uh, the 2009 shows, the back-to-back uh, shows. Uh, I'm forgetting the arena, the, uh, the Blackhawks and United Center. Thank you. Um, is it weird that, you know, they went through all those years where they played some pretty great arena shows in Chicago? Is it weird that, that it's gone so long where you haven't had uh, one in an arena? Yeah, I mean, it is, but uh, it makes sense, you know, it, it, that it's just so easy for them to, to play Wrigley. They like to do it. They probably make a lot of money doing it, and uh, it's I, – I get it. But, you know, I, I wish that they would mix it in a little bit more and, and, and bring back an arena show or two. But Milwaukee's not that far away. Moline wasn't that far away. You know, I mean, like Detroit's not that far away. So, but yes, more is always better. So – 2016, I mean, there's so much going on these years. And, I, and look, you're wearing a Cubs hat right now. Like, this is – the Cubs were – this is the, the year of destiny for them. Like, this, it was going to be this year or nothing almost, it seems like, in hindsight. Um, you're in the middle – it's like the dog days of summer. And, and, you know, Pearl Jam is playing the field. Do you have this, this feeling of magic? Do you think, like, at that point – Maybe oh, yeah. Pearl Jam coming, and and will give some magic for the rest of the season for the Cubs. Well, but we were already had the magic. I mean, like like as uh, the Cubs are, already had it, and then and then for that just added more to it. You know, like like as a Cub fan, we knew coming out of 2015 that you know that 2015 was such a magical experience. The last half of the season for the Cubs. They I'm a Mets the- fan, so okay, I remember so, 2015. Yeah, and, and I went out to New York for the games where you guys killed us, and and you know, so I get it, you know. And but we knew coming out of that that we were going to be good in 16 and then i went to spring training and then start going to games and i think i went to and 60 then, 69 and, home games that season so and then we and then we all went to that game the day before right exactly so the the, 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 the yeah. show was a saturday monday show i think saturday skip sunday and monday so on thursday, thursday yeah. 120 p.m game i organized a big group we had at least 80 people in the bleachers where i sit wow. every day we had a big group of us up there in the bleachers for a game that day, and it was a blast. That's awesome. But, but, yeah, but I'm, yeah, I mean, everybody, everybody felt the and, energy to answer your question. The, the, the shows coming brought more energy. The whole Pearl Jam fan base, if they didn't have an allegiance to a baseball team already, became Cub fans, and it was almost sickening. Like, you go anywhere in the world <laughs> and someone has a Cub, fa- Cub hat just because Ed wears it. But, right. you know, like, like, but yeah, that magic w- it was definitely felt in 2016. Ed was all over the place. He, he did the uh, he did the seventh inning stretch. I believe it was the last game uh, in uh, I think it was game five that year. Yep. And, and he's all over the place. You couldn't you couldn't turn the TV on and not see Ed 
during that series next to Theo or next to Rizzo or somebody like that. It's just, it's just cool. Uh, You know, and even he he had spent a lot of time that summer in Chicago, you know, starting back at the hot stove at, at, at Metro. He did that show Mm -hmm. after a, you know, a fun Cardinal weekend when the Cubs did really well. And then, and then he was in town a lot that summer. So you felt, you felt it. That's awesome. That's awesome. And, you know, I think, the connection with Theo there too, like he was, he was pretty tight with Theo while Theo was in Boston. Absolutely. Am I right about that? So yeah. he, he must, he must've been giddy as a schoolgirl when Theo go, comes to the Cubs thinking he's broken one curse, breaking break another. Well, not only that, but just the increased access that, that Ed then had because of that. Sure, you know? yeah. Um, he'd always had access, but you really see him, you know, he pretty much just rules here now anytime he comes. And I love it. He, you know, he'll he'll be sitting anywhere. He'll sit in the bleachers. He'll sit in, in uh, behind home plate. He'll, he'll sit wherever. So, yeah, in fact, it's funny you say that. In 2017, skipping ahead a little bit, uh, my fian- now fiancé for my birthday bought tickets to the – the the uh, the thing out in Rosemont that Ed did with uh, Pete Townsend and and uh, and you know Billy Idol or whatever and so we did a meet and greet with him gave him my card invited him to sit out in the bleachers with us the following weekend because I figured he'd be in town he ends up sending me an email we sit we, for the whole game and he comes up and we sit with him in the bleachers for a whole game that's so, awesome yeah and he stayed he, the whole entire time took score the he, whole time he left time. in the eighth he left okay. in the eighth. So, okay. But yeah, I had I had Pete behind, big Pete behind me, dressed all in black. It, it was ninety <laughs> degrees out, and he was just he was must have been suffering. Was that his first baseball game ever? And probably in the full sun. <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> the Cubs sure. schedule's out for next year. We can start speculating as to what they. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not? Wait, they can't play there next year. The whole year is already booked from what was supposed to be this year. That's but right. that just eliminates more dates and points. We'll be able to figure yeah. this out real quick. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a little curious that there wasn't a Chicago show in that original run. Because Wrigley was going to be announced. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Interesting. That would have been for like September or something? Too, yeah. I think so. There were two dates left. There were 11 shows allowed at Wrigley this year, and they had nine announced, and there were two still hanging out there. So I, I, was, I was thinking that might be it. Uh, that, that's, that's some good info. Yeah, that probably is right. Yeah. Wow. Spe- that's speculator. I mean, it's more fun to believe that. We don't have anything else to do. Right. <laughs> exactly. You guys remember a lot from uh, – the the one two years ago 2018 was now I'm I'm curious about this one had uh had the luster had the luster died down a little bit they they played there three times the Cubs have won already and they hadn't played any arena shows since uh I mean since before the 2016 Wrigley ones the uh, you know the the Tenadelphia shows and all that on that tour. Has it lost its luster a little bit by this point, or is everybody still pretty excited for it in Chicago? 
Oh, from my perspective, I was from super any perspective, excited. yeah. Oh, okay. I think people in Chicago were super excited. I think I don't know if the the fan base, the Pearl Jam fan base, was that excited. You had those that I think had sour grapes that they couldn't go or didn't, you know, whatever. But the ones that came, it was a wonderful experience. I mean, I don't know if the anticipation was any greater, but I tell you, if they did it again in twenty twenty one, it would be just as big. It's a it's a destination weekend. It's an experience in one of the best cities in the world during the summertime. Period. Right. Right. Yeah, and and I mean those shows were great too. I think uh, a lot of people think back to the experience of uh, 2013 and and you know how how amazing the sets were in 2016, but you, you get the day before the rain delay has a pretty good set list. They do some things that they hadn't busted out a lot and then after after the rain delay, I think they, they busted out a pretty good set, too. And, you know, they didn't play till 2 that night, but they still played pretty long. I, I think oh, yeah. they got they got up till 1 on that one, if I'm not mistaken, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, that was one where, where me and, and Jill were not up on the rail, but we used those same 2013 tactics in 2018 and, and worked our way back up front with all of our friends. So we were rail on the second half. So we did... We do deserve a little bit of flack for that. As I'm looking it over, uh, um, some memories are flashing back to me because when you first asked the question, I'm like, I don't remember a damn thing. But now that I'm looking at it, I'm like, oh, this, this is that bust out of that rocking I am a patriot. So that yeah. is my yes. world. Still does every time I hear it. Oh, the, oh, the evil, evil little goat that night. So that was yeah. That was on the first yeah, night set list, got crossed off, and then they do bring it back for the second night. Right. Again, and again, just, yeah, can bitch about it and feel like you're burnt out about it, but, you know, when it's going down, it's going down. It's right. and, we, and, we, uh, <laughs> and, and we did the same thing with the whole real-world experience, but 2.0 t- to the nth degree. So the budget increased by about 50%. To do wow. a ton more fun, and uh, uh, we hosted at my home. I live literally two doors down from Wrigley Field, and we have a rooftop that looks into the park. And we hosted about the whole real world crew and probably 150 other friends on our rooftop for the sound check night be- wow. beforehand. Wow. And it was yeah. it was like we had our own show, eight song show that night. And uh, do you remember that, Rob? Or you you forget? I do. That? Yeah, I totally remember that. <laughs> Well, the real question is, what did Rob add to his rider in 2018? I didn't uh, he, stay there. Didn't he, stay didn't, there he didn't stay there, but I found out where he was staying, and I delivered his 2013 rider <laughs> to his front step. <laughs> Un, unsolicited. That was just I me know. being kind. That's, that's Bob being Bob. Talk about uh, the tour that was supposed to happen. Did you guys have anything special planned for those shows before they got canceled? Like, did you guys have to kind of scramble and like, what what can we expect when the uh, when the tour comes back? My plan was, I wasn't going to um, the Canada shows. I was starting in New York, starting at the Apollo, and then was going to do not all of it, but I'd have to look at look at it. So I I know I was super psyched for Nashville. I've got my ten club tickets for Nashville, so yeah, they never, never, they haven't played Nashville. You know, not counting the third man thing, which is another one of the greatest things ever. Um, they haven't played Nashville proper in you know 
decades. Riot Act, yeah, maybe. Even the even the O three show was like not really a Nashville. It was at the amphitheater, like you know, three towns away. Right, right. Uh, so I'm still super psyched on that. They never played in that building. And it'd, it'd be very interesting to see. Um, number one, when things come back. Number two, how things come back. Like you know, say some miracle happens and. There's actual leadership in this country and less, less insanity and hatred. And all of a sudden, it's like, okay, a tour is on. And you can go fill up an arena again. Let's go. The gates are open. And then he had six months. Then add six months to that. You know, they're not going to know. There's like from a planning standpoint, you're going to have to add so much more time. Right. That's right. Too. Yeah, that's, that's true, too. It's like, how do you, yeah. I mean, um, and, you know, does... I mean, I, I can't, I'd be shocked if like an actual tour got routed the exact same way that it was when he left it a year or God help us however long. Yeah, you um, know, I'm sure they can't wait to come back with everything that's gone on. They, I got to think that they're looking to expand this tour and maybe combine the two legs together that would have been done. And like, I got to like think about the, the atmosphere in the room that night when they first come back. It's going to be amazing. Uh, it'd be pretty nuts, you know. I yeah. think I, I think we need to we need to realistically think of that as being the twenty twenty two tour. At this point, you might be right. At this point, you might. Rob be right. shaking his head like I can't handle that. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like that's so more optimistic than I don't. I don't, I don't want to say anything, you know. I'm like I'd be great if it was then, you know. <laughs> At this point. You got any other good road stories? Any other, uh, man, anything from, from over the years? You guys have been to so much. Just any of your favorites. Oh, my God. They need to play Maui again really bad. I was talking to a good friend of mine. Before we went to those shows in 98. He actually just, uh, I think he just sold one of his posters. We were talking about that show last night. I mean, seeing them in Rio in 2011 was unbelievable they played the spot they played was where the carnival was was held and wow it was my first time there that was incredible um so many places in europe are spectacular um you know seeing the red rocks seeing them at the gorge those kind of places are super special um yeah and just getting to see these places and and meet people. That's and I mean, make friends everywhere. It's the greatest. Of Bob, were you on the rail in Mexico City? Yes, yes, yes. Head head, <laughs> head wound at all? Oh, that sounds okay. like a story. If there's a head wound involved, yeah, well, yeah, it was chaos. You know, sixty-five thousand people in a totally unorganized GA. Everybody was dehydrated and pissed off. And it was about as organized as anything is in Mexico. And that's just how it is in Mexico. That's not, no comment, just that's the Mexican culture. It's just, it's just, it's just how it is. And, uh, and uh, yeah, so we're, 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 we're waiting in, in line and it's hot and we're getting ready to come through and they shuffle us through this gate, like a cattle gate. And uh, we, a bunch of us get hit in the head with like this steel gate and the rope was wrapped around us in a way and it was just like a rush to the rail and uh but it was worth it as always 
Those crowds are insane. I mean, just that, that, once that once the band was, starts playing too. That crowd was it was I mean that was insane. That was true insanity. And there's an amazing photo taken from the top and the back on the side. You just get the entire scope and you can see how uh, it's just like sorry. It is one of the tightest scenes I've ever witnessed. Yeah, that was a fun night. Good one. Yeah, we we've been doing we've been doing an around the world series all year, and we've been touching up on a show uh, from just about every country. And and September October we're we're gonna hit up the uh, the South American ones and try to get to Colombia, try to get to Costa Rica, try to do all of those. And and I just can't wait to to hear the crowds and stuff like do the evolution oh, live and it's just that's that right there i don't i don't know if i don't know if america given, given to fly complicit. just it's just it's the commu- it's the, the band is 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 with the crowd is an instrument in the in the show they the band mm. plays to them and and you've seen the band writing music like for that like like it's just it's it's compl- that's why i wanted to go down there i went down there in 2015 and we queued up in santiago and in two nights later in buenos aires and uh the best shows it's the crowd that's why you go down there to sing with them you know right yeah and it's funny how those kind of shows have taken on like they talked about it in in wrigley where those south american versions do the evolution where the crowd will sing that that's kind Uh, of transposed other places too like now people have heard those shows so they go and those have become like the kind of the definitive versions of those songs oh yeah they've changed the songs also volheide in uh berlin is one of the greatest places ever that was was that is that the venue where they were throwing up the uh the cup holders or is that a different one that was the last one well they do that in mexico city in mexico city at the end of the show they everyone stomps on their uh cup holders yeah and it's just a, a you know skies are filled with them um but that yeah that happened at the at Berlin in 2018. That I don't. That didn't happen at Volheide. It happened at that Volboom place. Oh yeah, that, place. yeah right. so that 2010 Berlin show was an all timer. Yeah, absolutely. That was my. That, oh, that was my second time there. My first time there, I went. I went there in 2006 because I. Ever since 2000, I I didn't go to Prague. I didn't. I didn't. Well, I saw them in London in 1996 at Wembley. Um, but, but I didn't see them in Europe in 2000 and never really did a Europe tour. So I had friends who um, went to Prague in 2000 and telling me all about it and hearing about it and hearing their stories and they were hanging out before the show. It was all this stuff. And then discovering, seeing pictures and seeing Prague and Eastern European women and just I was like, okay. I just, I saved up some money, put it in an envelope, wrote Prague on it, Put it in like a safe deposit box. I said, the next time they're playing Prague, I'm fucking going. And when they announced in 06 that they were doing Prague, I'm like, I am there. I'm like, okay, so it's Berlin. I was, I was only going to do Berlin and Prague. And um, and then at the Berlin shows, I'm with my friend Jess and Simon and Torhild, who are from, uh, they live in Oslo now, but they were from Canada then. Um, they want to do rail. And I'm like, it's my first... G A, well, 
No, I guess the London one was. But I'm like, oh, I'm not going. It's a GA Europe show. I'm going to get killed up there. But they talked me into it. We did it. It was totally great, and it was not bad at all. You know, it was unbelievable. So uh, that was incredible. And then, so anyway, so I did, I did that, and I did Prague, and then I'm at the, um, I guess it was Prague first, and then Berlin. Yeah, twenty second, twenty third, and then, um, then I find out that they're playing Vienna, or maybe it was Berlin first, and then Prague. And then, anyway, I went back to Berlin, and I'm like, wait, they're in Vienna tonight? And I'm, like, two hours away? So I was like, so I just went and showed up and didn't have a ticket. And anyway, that turned out to be my 100th show in Vienna. Wow. That I wasn't wow. even planning on. And Vienna is unbelievable and gorgeous, and the arena there is great because it's small and old. All right, guys, anything else you want to talk about? Any, anything, like, any other stories you got from either the Chicago stuff or anything from down the road? No one got arrested, Bob? Either I one know, but we ones? didn't get a lot of salacious yeah. real-world stories. We got yeah, at some real-world stuff, but well, I, I don't know that we've gotten the full... Well, what happened to the people that couldn't make it? That's yourself. what I want to know. What happened to the real... Go ahead. The, what happened to the people that couldn't make the show that that missed it? Uh, oh, oh! I, I think uh, someone had a little bit too much to drink, mm. and uh, and ended up uh, listening to the show from the stoop, and couldn't make <laughs> it into the. But the the acoustics were probably just as good there as they are in half of the <laughs> stadium. Right. You know. right. So yes, never made it in. So for other shows that, that get played at Wrigley Field, do you just go outside and you're like, all right, uh, Bruce is there tonight, just sit outside? So it, it and depends. Like, you know, it depends on the artist, but most of them, we just have friends over here on our rooftop. We, you know, you, the acoustics on our rooftop, believe it or not, are, are as good as, as half the spots in, in the park. So we just, we have a lot of fun up here. So unless it's like the Foo Fighters, we're, we're here for like two shows and I think 2000. 17 or something and we went one in and one out you know we had a party one night went into the show the next night and it's it's uh it's it's great when they play you know it's a little bit different right now that the cubs are going to be play are playing and uh how's that all going to work out you're just gonna hang out outside well i hung, i got back from vacation yesterday something. and got th got three uh three uh practice balls so i did a good day on the ball hawk corner uh, and then, uh, yeah, we'll just hang outside, talk to players, have them throw us balls. I mean, right. what, I mean, yeah, I, you, you got to make some noise from out there. They, they, oh, we will. They, they we need will. It. We it's going to be so weird. Yeah. I, I, I kind of, I was talking to my friends and I was saying, can we go just into the parking lot at city field and, and just like park our cars, even if they're Honk. like five spaces? Yeah. Right. Do something. They're gonna need something. It's in like it's in the middle of chop shop land. Like right. hey, there's no, you know, th there's no community like there is in Wrigleyville. Well, even now, it's going to be an interesting home field advantage because they will have, you know, not many, but you know, maybe about 500 fans up on the rooftops watching the games because th that's sure. being allowed because yeah. it's, it's a different business. And then they'll have the whole tight knit community around it watching those games on TV or on their porches or the rooftops making noise as well so they, they would they will hear the neighborhood they hear us yelling you know they know we're all out there right 
that's going to be that's going to be interesting. That's going to be yeah. interesting for them. That's you know, it's it's a lot of unknown stuff right now. I think it's going to be even weirder when they play the hockey and the basketball games and empty arena. There's no outdoors and oh yeah, God. it's 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 crazy times, crazy times. But we got to take what we can get right now because it's 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 that serious. Right, take the 60, 60 games and. And not being in the crowd over absolutely it's nothing. Just it's just different. It's, you just got to appreciate it for what it is and, 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 and helps you pass the time as it should. Of course. All right, guys. I don't want to keep you too much longer, but this is fun. Uh, right. thanks, for, thanks. thanks for joining us and, and sharing and reminiscing a little bit. Yeah, thank so. you. All right. Thanks. Thank you, guys, right. very yeah. much. Well, that was great. Thanks again for Rob and Bob, Rob and Bob, joining us uh, on the show. They had, I mean... They're fun. They're they were awesome. They were they were great to talk to. Uh, you know, lots of great experiences just being out at Wrigley and and it seems like Bob really has a pulse of the fans and and the fan perspective there. Yeah, it was great to just hear them tell stories. Like, you know, we we didn't really have a lot planned out of meeting. We're just gonna like, you know, these guys have have been around. You know, Rob said he's been going to shows since '93. Bob said his first show was Soldier Field '95. Like, you know, they've got stories. So. It was it was great to just kind of hear them talk and and talk to each other and play off each other and yeah it was it was a lot of fun absolutely and uh, you know it's it's a little sad because we've had a lot of great guests we had uh, Jonathan Cohen John Evans Doctor John Evans and uh, we had Stephen Hyden and and this is our last little run of guests for Wrigley Month so it's uh, this was a good month John I, I've enjoyed it I've had a lot of fun what, how about you. Absolutely. Yeah. It's been, it's been great getting all all these different perspectives on the show and I mean, getting kind of the full picture, you know, that's what we want to do is we want to, we, we did the episodes of the show, but then we kind of like, we're kind of expanding the universe, if you will, and kind of getting these different perspectives from all around it. So to give you guys kind of a, a full, full spectrum of like what it was like for, uh, for these weekends. And yeah, it's, it's been great. Yeah. I've absolutely loved it. Yeah. It's going to be sad. Like you said, it's going to be sad when it's, when it's over. Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, we'll we'll get back into the around the world stuff in August and we'll we'll give you some some treats in August as well. But, you know, the Wrigley stuff, it it kind of it it just reminds me of summer and it, it reminds me of, you know, even just summers past, you know, going to the Fenway shows, going to Wrigley shows in the past and and uh, how unfortunately we just don't have that right now. And it's it's a good reminder that some of these great things can uh, can be coming up on the horizon. So keep that in mind when, uh, you know, when you're listening to these and when you're thinking about the next shows that uh, it looks like some sometime in the future we're going to see this again. So. Hold on to hope. Yeah, something something tells me we haven't seen the last of Pearl Jam at Wrigley Field. I don't think so. Yeah, I think that there's definitely a chapter four or chapter six, whatever you want to say. Uh, but you know, to be to be continued, to be seen later. So, um, you know, John, there's one guest that I really am looking forward to having joined the show next week, and that is you, the listener. So everybody out there. We've been asking for your stories for the whole month, and uh, we've gotten some tremendous stories as we as we've gone along and, and done these shows. And uh, look, we got one more show left. We'll uh, we'll give you the platform now. Send us in. Try to get it into us by the twenty fifth, and uh, we'll we'll get it on our fan mail episode. Uh, write to us at live on four legs podcast at gmail dot com. Stories from any shows. 
2013, 2016, 2018, anything from your experiences there. Yeah, and that's something we haven't done a lot of is like, you know, reading actually people's uh, people's stories on the air. So, um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it to, to kind of dig in and see uh, see what kind of experiences our, our listeners had at these shows. Again, like we, you said. We've kind of talked about ours. So, yeah, it's, we'll, we're going to open it up. Like you said, full perspective of this. You know, you have some people, you know, Rob Rob was doing the serious stuff. Bob was hosting uh, uh, the guys over over at his place. And, uh, you know, Jonathan Cohen was on the side stage. Stephen Hyden was, was uh, where he was in 2013. But everybody... Everybody has a different story from these shows and uh, everybody has a different perspective from this. So, and I know a lot of people from the stories that we've gotten have run into situations where, you know, either, you know, they, they have uh, a travel issue or they have, uh, you know, they have an, you know, a merch thing that, that happened to them. Everybody has a story from this and uh, look, and even if they're the smallest of stories, it, it, they are worth telling. So hit us up live on four lights podcast at gmail.com. And uh, tomorrow's episode Wrigley night one, 2018. And we're going to be doing something a little bit different for this episode where we had a uh, Wrigley fan forum that we had with some of our patrons where they basically did the same thing. They just got to talk about, you know, their favorite parts of, of the 2018 shows. So we'll, so we'll splice them in, in a little bit for the next two shows. And uh, again, just more perspective, just more, you know, people that just enjoy being, you know, at the ballpark. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, uh, like I said, it's, it's just a chance to, to fill in those gaps, you know, cause like you, I have my experience, you had yours in 2013 and it's, it's great to kind of just like, like I said, it's about those moments. It's about, you know, and giving people a chance to, to kind of experience what the whole show was like inside and out. Absolutely. So that's it. 2018 night one tomorrow. And uh, if you haven't checked anything out from, uh, from the pre- previous shows, it's all there. It's all in our archives on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify, on SoundCloud, wherever you're listening. I know there's a billion different podcast platforms, and wherever you're listening is cool with us. You don't have to be on one or the other, but you know we're just thankful that you're out there, you're listening, and some of you that have been donating to patrons, you guys rock. Thank you for doing that. And uh, and if you want to subscribe, head on over to patreon.com slash live and four legs, and we got a lot of stuff going on over there. So, all right, why don't we uh, say goodbye? Bye for now, and uh, we'll see you tomorrow with Wrigley Night 1, 2018. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, I miss you already, and I miss you always. For Randy and John, thanks again to our guests, Rob Bleetzing and Bob Kraus. We'll see you again tomorrow. Bye. Matthew from San Diego. You're on the Faithful Forum. How are you? I'm good. How's Hello. it going? Hello. Good. I'm so excited. Hello. Can you hear me? Hello. I hear you. Do you hear us? Yes, I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I am so excited. What are you excited for? What shows are you going to go to? Oh, dude, dude, I'm going to probably go to the San Diego show at the Bayhaw Arena. All right. Hello, can you hear me? Yeah. I hear you. Are you a 10 Club member? Yeah. Um, Wait, what'd you say? Are you a 10 Club member? Uh, No, I don't even know what that is, actually. What is it? Uh, That's the band's fan club. You should look into it. Yeah, yes, definitely. I'm super excited about it. So I'll definitely look into it. All right. And well, yeah, I go to all the concerts. So I was just like checking out Ticketmaster today, just randomly, and I saw it. I was like, "Holy shit! I have to go to this concert." 
All right. Man, well, so we'll, excited. We, look, we look forward to seeing you there. Hi, right, man. See you soon. All right. Thanks for calling. Nice. Randy from Connecticut, you're on the Faithful Forum. Have you ever had somebody call in and not know what the 10 Club was? Hey, there's always I mean, a first. <laughs> there's, there's a first time for everything, but that, that just blew my mind that somebody was listening to the series station called in didn't know what the tent club is but anyway look and my mind and my mind is reeling going which friend of mine is this pulling my leg <laughs> <laughs> it could be any number of them 